us on 021-446-0567. It's 27 minutes to 10. My name is Lindsay, standing in for Kaketso, and I am going to go to Tim Lundy, who's going to be talking about... Uh, Walks in Cape Town. But before we get there, we're talking about local is lekker music. And I'm calling for your requests for the last hour. Uh, somebody without a name said going for Ballyhoo, Man on the Moon. We really are going back in time here. And then um, Mitford is saying, hey, what about the flames for your precious? I don't know if I should... The flames for your precious. I don't know the fl- who the flames are um, when they're at home, so I don't know how to, to do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm asking not only for the music, but 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 what it leaves with you, uh, because it's it's about the, the 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 ability to provoke emotion, if you like. And I am asking you what decade produced the best. South African music also in the mix. On the topic we had before about the anti-poaching, a wonderful reminder about the the, the black mamba, all famous, uh, anti all female anti-poaching uh, anti-poaching group. Yeah, go go, ladies! I, I mean, I remember reading about that, and it's so exciting that there's this team and they're rocking it, uh, looking after the animals. And uh, kind of that takes the whole macho thing down a few clocks, if you like. Also in the news, uh, the story that we hear that the New Age is shutting down, um, which is quite shocking. But we will revisit that a little bit later. Somebody's coming in what's on the WhatsApp, the usuals. I don't know if they're trying to be funny. If, if it Play the usual music or the usuals, plural. But I don't know the usuals. Um, either I'm, I'm showing my genre or I'm showing my age or... Um, but I'm assuming that's music. So, so, so bring it on. Uh, but Tim is with me in the studio. Tim, hi. Hi, how are you doing? And here we are, beautiful, fresh. There's something about the weather at the moment. Oh, yeah, it's thinking. not too cold and you go outside and it is so bracing and you get invigorating. Although I've got to admit this morning it was a little bit too invigorating. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I often think... Um, from inside that the walk is going to be different because when I walk my dog in the yeah. morning and the evening, I get a different sense of the temperature. Of course, the mornings, some mornings have been almost like Joburg cement, exactly, uh, yeah. sort of frosty. Yeah. But uh, we're going to kick off talking about the, the kind of rescues that, yes. that you've, you've had in the past week. Yeah, so Kuketsu and I normally talk about the rescues. And so this past week, there have been three rescues. Um, one was for a missing person. Um, one was for a fallen hiker. And one was somebody who was having um, breathing problems um, and uh, was rescued. Uh, that was a successful rescue. Um, but they unfortunately had to spend the night in the mountains. So I think yeah, they, they felt what it feels like. <laughs> if it's cold down here up at the upper cable station, it is freezing cold. I had a French friend. Of course, I have to say that he's French because yeah. of what I'm going to tell you next. He said once they got stuck on the top of the mountain, for some reason, it was um, in this, probably in the 80s then. Right. And he said they had to keep warm. And so what they did is they made love <laughs> to keep warm, <laughs> which is fine, all good and well, but you've got the whole night. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of magic. But what do you do? Of course, because part of going to the mountain is about uh, – not getting caught, and if you're getting caught, yeah. being able to manage getting stuck in the night. No, exactly. And I, I, the, the problem is that a lot of us um, go out with the intention of just going for a short walk. Yeah. I'm just going um, for a quickie. And, and unfortunately, you know, sometimes 
Mother Nature has other ideas, yeah. brings yeah. in bad weather or the wind starts blowing or um, it gets really, really cold and you haven't prepared for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I always tell people is rather prepare for the absolute worst and, mm. ex- and hope for the best. I, as, a, as a little girl um, in the old cable car, you know, that old little tiny yes, one, yes. for my birthday, we went up a whole lot of little girls and we walked across the table mountain to the other side and yes. we went into a cave and we had our little birthday picnic. Yeah. When we came out of that little cave, the whole mountain was covered over. It was gone. <laughs> and uh, the cable car was not running anymore. So yeah. all these little girls had to go down. Plus That's a clip. A clip. Yeah. Ouch. And of course, you realize that slip slops aren't that great for going down. Oh, my <laughs> so it's just such a basic thing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if you're going up the cable car yeah. and you expect to come down. What if you get stuck there? And people don't realize that when you get to the top, whatever the weather is in the bottom, it's, yeah. it's, it can be... Of course, several degrees, and of course, the wind, the cold, and overnight, of course, it's just a different ball game. No, exactly. At this time of the year, it is a very different world up there. Yes. Um, I'm, I've convinced Coqueto in a couple of weeks' time to go and spend some time with myself and another chap we had on the on the show a couple of weeks back. Okay. Um, to just go and spend time at the the back table, and um, it, it's going to be. It's going to be a challenge in terms of trying to keep warm, but if you've got the right kind of gear and you prepared yeah. for it, then it's actually a great adventure. Yeah. Um, and the whole the whole thing is just prepare for it and hope for the best, um, but prepare for the worst. I want to go back to what it means to go on a rescue. You get yeah. a call. Yeah. And what happens? So basically, um, WASA, which is Wilderness Search and Rescue, will okay. basically drop a call to all the search and rescue organizations that are under WASA. Okay. And we will then go to our different organizations and let our members know that there is a rescue and that we are requesting that people come and help with the rescue. So they will. So what, how many do you need in a team? Um, look, it, a team, it depends on the rescue. You okay. know, if, you, if you're just um, looking for somebody, it can be loads of teams because you want to try and cover as much ground as possible. Yeah. If it's just somebody with an ankle injury, you can get away with maybe 10 people if they're close enough to a road. But if it's a long carry and a, and a long distance, then you can be looking up to 40, 50 people that you need because you need to, if you're going over very, very steep terrain, you need to have high angle people that are going to be able to hold that stretcher back um, mm. in case somebody who's carrying the stretcher slips and falls mm. you don't want the, you don't want the stretcher going with mm. that person mm. um, so we've all got to look out for each other we've all got to and also carrying a person is a lot harder than you would expect um, you've got to remember that when you're walking on a path with a stretcher mm. the stretchers over the path Yes. You're not. The path's not wide enough. Yes. So this it means that the rescue and, and is And the old. balance you need. Exactly. And because sometimes can, that's in the dark, it's in the rain. Okay. Uh, it's in the kind of cold that we're having now. Okay. Um, you've got your backpack on as a rescuer as well. You've got a person directly in front of you who's mm. also carrying. Um, so your world becomes very, very small. Um, have, have you ever been on a rescue where the rescuers get in trouble? Oh, very good question. Um Offhand, I can't think of any. Because um, I'm thinking, of course, of the big Mount Everest stories where yeah. the rescuers actually are really uh, Look, at I mean, risk that, of, of that's, death. Yeah, I mean, that, that's extreme um, because the but, conditions but, but are but extreme. But you know what? You paint a picture. You know, I'm thinking of uh, of a place like India Fenster, yes. which you get these massive drops. Correct. And, you know, so you're going a, up. Yeah, I mean, so that's a very technical kind of rescue because you've – 
depending on whether, depending on the position of where that person is, mm. you either decide as a team to take the patient back up the mountain, yeah, or is it safe to come down? Now, the problem with coming down is you fight in gravity. Yes. So you're having to be very, very careful, and everyone's having to be very, very careful because you're all attached to that stretcher by your hand, mm. and if one of you slips and falls, the others are going to take up the strain. Well, that's, I mean, it's a nightmare. I mean, wh- when I go up the mountain and when I was last there, I thought, I better not have an accident now because it's going to be a nightmare for anyone mm. to get me up or down yeah. because there's not much maneuverability. No. I mean, those reaches are huge. Yeah. You know, uh, So we deal a lot with the helicopter as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, in some cases you just have to yeah. realize that it's not going to work. But then there are times that we can't deal with the helicopter yeah. because the weather conditions, you know, the pilot will basically say, it's too windy. I can't keep mm. this thing mm. hovering above you. When I've got a gale force wind hitting me from the side, mm. I've got to think of our safety inside the helicopter. Um, so they often, I've, I've seen the helicopter and I've seen the pilot's face and he's hovering above us and then he's like, forget it, I can't. It's just too dangerous. Um, and then you have to go up with plan B and you have to have a plan B because mm. we can't rely always... It's not always a, a helicopter that's going to get us out of there. No, and I mean, and the other thing is that it, it's got to make a big difference if you know where the person is. Yes. But in many cases, people go of the path, and that's where the problem comes. You don't know yeah. where they are. They're just missing. Yeah. Then it's a whole different kind of rescue operation, no, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. And look, the majority of our, our um, rescues are, we do know where the person is. Mm. And that does make it, you take the kind of search, out of search and rescue, you basically know where to go. Yes. With technology these days, we've got these dropped pins that you can put on WhatsApp um, and we can share that kind of information with the rescuers. Okay. And the more of that kind of information we get and the more the cell phones, you, you phone in and say, look, this is the problem. And the more we can prepare for that um, mm. in terms of what we need to take. Do we need to take mm. a stretcher? Um, do we need to take technical guys? Do we need to take dog units to search? Mm. Um, because I, I'm thinking if, if they're 40-odd they're people, how, how, how long is the longest rescue you've done? The longest rescue I've done was recently. We rescued 11 people off uh, the back of Kabankelberg um, okay. behind Hap yeah, Day. Yeah. That was Which top. is not a difficult Not a difficult, but we, had, we were given all sorts of challenges because they had actually been attacked. Oh, okay. So we had to clear the area. Oh, that was that story. That yeah. was in the, okay. There was a whole group of people. I remember that Correct. story. Okay. So and and they were obviously too afraid to come back out the way they went in because that's yes. where the attackers had gone. Yes, it is. It, it's the entry and the exits that are often dodgy in that yeah. area. And yeah. then then we were Mother Nature threw a curveball by saying uh, high tides on its way in, and uh, so how it blocked, long were you there it blocked our route. Twelve hours. The rescue pretty much lasted about twelve hours. And that's what we forget. You here. You've got forty five odd. Potential souls who yeah. get out of the bed in this kind of weather yeah. and maybe spend 12 hours on the mountain. I mean, that's incredible work. And it, yeah. needs, it needs to be applauded. I mean, I know you do it all the time. Yeah. But do you ever stop to think, we're doing such an amazing thing collectively? We do. And I think that's probably why we keep doing it. Um, yeah. Because we do see people do come to us and they do say, thank yeah. you so, I mean, yeah. so much. You know, really appreciate yeah. it. Um, and it, yeah, it does make a lot. I mean, I had one couple of years ago where somebody came to me and um, it was just her and I, and yes. we'd rescued her husband. Yes. And she just looked at me, she said to me, I've got nothing to give you. And I'm like, you don't need to give me anything. Yes. Um, and she just said like, oh, come. and I think it then kind of sank in what had actually happened mm-hmm. and what we had actually done. Mm-hmm. And she just burst into tears and threw herself into my arms and yeah. 
for me, that was like, this is why I do this, um, yeah. because I've been able to make a difference in their lives. Mm. I mean, uh, my family were were involved with Mountain Rescue in the old days when they didn't have cell phones and yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, it was really old school stuff. And yeah. I remember us going up the mountain once as a family with the people who were all in the Mountain Rescue. And we went up. It was a sort of, it wasn't a fancy pants slope. It wasn't serious, yeah. but there was a whole lot of cut trees. And we got stuck in the middle of the slope. Yeah. And you get stuck and you can't go down and, and everything's moving. And you, you start realizing that was a simple little, you know, just above Newlands. Yeah. It wasn't even Newlands Ravine, no, for exactly. example. Yeah. And it doesn't take long. And we, we were between paths. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you realize it, it starts off being friendly in a little Sunday afternoon stroll. Mm. Nothing serious, but then it gets pear-shaped very quickly. I know, it can get very, very pear-shaped. I mean, yeah. they, they, we've I've done quite a few where you go with the the information that you've been given, you go, well, this should be quite yes, simple. Yeah, yeah, in simple. and out, yeah, but a bum, but a bang. Yeah, yeah. And, and the next thing, the, either the patient's condition changes or yes. the weather changes, um, and all of a sudden you're having to now think of all yeah. sorts of other things. Um, Which is worst, wind or that sort of close, um, you know, the, the, the last time I went up India Fenster, there was that close mist. Um, mist. It wasn't rain, and it was, it was just close. I think... For for me as a rescuer, wind is a pain. I can't yeah. stand it. Because because um, when you're talking about stretches, that that balance and that wind, you know, when you're on your mm. own, it's it's it, you, your balance is fine. Yeah. Okay. So wind is more of a biggie. Uh, more. Yeah. I mean, look, and also when mist comes in, it's a big game changer. Yes. You've got to know where you're going. Um, yes. You can't see where you're going, but you've got to know that mountain. So, and I, I think that's the nice thing about with the rescues that that we with. The majority of them know those mountains like the back of their hand. But, I mean, how do you do it? Because, I mean, if somebody's been bundabashing and they're not on the path, I mean, yeah. do you work a grid? I mean, or do you call? I mean, in, in are most of the people able to speak and call out? Yeah, the majority okay. The majority of people will phone in. They'll okay. be the ones that actually phone in to, to call for help. Okay. And the interviewer will then basically ask all the kind of right questions. Okay. So he can then... Or he or she can then pass on that information to us and say X, Y, and Z, and we can say, okay, right, we've got this information. And then when we, we meet at the rendezvous point where all the teams come together and yeah. we, that's our base. Okay, you do a briefing. Yeah, we do a briefing as to what's going to happen, okay. and we come up with a plan. Um, okay. So I recently, last year, finished my um, incident command training, which... Okay. Part of that is running calls and, and making those kind of decisions okay. based on the information that you've got. Um, and sometimes you are, you've got very little to go on. Because, yeah. I mean, rule number one, stay on the path. I mean, that's not difficult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stay yeah. on the path. But, you know, people get a bitchy diamakar sometimes on so the mountain. The, the, the one where people get very diamakar is yeah. when they're hiking on their own. And so I. And that's also a little bit of a no no. Even if you've got your cell phone. Not even a little no no. It's a huge no no. Yeah. Um, because a lot yeah. of times the people, you need that, three people that don't make it off the mountain yeah. alive are, on are the ones that are on their own. And the very simple reason for that is that they've got nobody there to second guess what they're doing, yes. the decisions they're making. Okay. So tell, if, tell people why you need three people. Well, you need four is ideal. Okay. Um, because if something goes wrong, if you sprain your ankle, one can stay with you, two one can go help. and help. Yes. And, and you don't fourth? send one to go and help because that one might also end <laughs> yes. up spraining their ankle. 
<laughs> now what do you do? Uh, okay, so so now you're slipping to four, and then you need help exactly. for the help. Okay, so okay. you've got to. That's your sort of plan B. Of and how many of the rescues are foreigners? Because they come to Cape Town, they're tourismos, and they just want to do a little thing, and they end up, you know, on the top of the cable car. They think this is easy, and they yeah. whip down, and they disregard that saying this is a very difficult climb, and the next thing. They're you, in trouble. You've just described the locals as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, I suppose. Because it doesn't and, and foreign or local doesn't yes. make any difference. People look yes. at the mountain and go, oh, well, I can do yes. it. it. It's just there. The biggest problem that Cape Town has with mountains is that they're just there, but okay. they're still mountains. Yes. And so the idea is, yes. oh, I can just climb yes. to it. Table Mountain is yes. over a thousand meters above sea level, yes. and if you turn around, sea's just behind you. Yes. So you've got to, yes. if you once you start thinking about that. Yeah. And even a simple walk like Lion's Head can also Lion's be tricky. Head is a very tricky hike, and it's had more it's, deaths. Yeah, it's got, a, it's, it's got a lot of it's had a lot of fatalities. Yeah, um, because people underestimate it and people don't prepare for it properly. Also, I think the, the whole sort of moonlight thing. Maybe some people are boozed up. That's not a great com- combination. Not many people go to, to the mountain to booze up, though. Um, or am I wrong in that? A little I'm bit not, more than, than needs you'd like. to be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, one is okay. too many. <laughs> um, and okay. sandparks do regularly go up, especially on full moon. Um, I, I don't understand the, the concept of go up, watch the sunset, have down down into like a bear yeah. or yeah. glass of wine or whatever, you're barefoot, and then what, turn around, watch the moon come up, and then attempt to go down in the dark, down a very, very tricky route that yes. is tricky in the day. Yes. You know, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now um, we've sp- spoken a lot about rescue, mm. but we want to talk about walks. And your book is called Tim Lundy Family Walks in Cape Town. And we're going to be looking at Kirstenbosch, the, 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 the yeah. surrounds of Kirstenbosch. So Constantia next to Kirstenbosch Gardens. Um, okay. It's one of those walks. Oh, the, 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 the contour path is a yes. very friendly walk. Very friendly walk, very family yeah. friendly. Yes. Uh, it's got fantastic views now that the, okay. a lot of the pine forest is gone. You can get to see a lot of the Cape Flats and, okay. and out of False Bay. And of course, the misnomer is that it's a contour path, but it's not flat. So, you no. know, in many ways, I think you, you better just get on Constantia Neck and keep on going up to the top because <laughs> the contour path goes up and down. And it's quite a walk to Kirstenbosch. It is. It's, it's not it's inconsiderable. Two and a half to three hours. Yeah. Um, and and if you've got young kids, it can be longer. They, uh, with kids, you've got to keep feeding them. They they <laughs> burn up a lot <laughs> yes. of energy. Yeah. Um, and it starts off on a very nice even road. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the road is not a not a terrible road at all. I yeah. mean, vehicles do drive on it as well. Um, and there are big drop offs, but they're not to the yeah. point where you're sort of walking on a knife edge. Yes. Um, sort of balancing. Yes. Just it's a, a nice family yeah. family walk. Yeah. And so then it becomes a path close to Kirstenbosch Gardens. Yes. And then walks along the contour. So this particular walk will, will go all the way to Skeleton Gorge. Um, okay, before to then, yeah. then it, it goes down to Kirstenbosch Gardens. Okay. Um, and I always sort of encourage people, if you, I think it's page 94 you go to, on one of the, one of the pictures is of um, Skeleton Gorge, um, of the, the waterfall. Which at the moment will be flowing flat out with all the rain that we're having. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's yeah. definitely worth it and, and kids absolutely love it. Um, I think their imagination goes wild. Yeah, the, the photograph here is, is quite a, a measly little waterfall. But that Skeleton Gorge waterfall can really pump. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you can see these wonderful waterfalls that we see 
when, uh, when just today, yes. walking my dog, I looked up the mountain. I thought, wow, it must be wonderful on the mountain. Yeah, no. But it can get a bit vicious. It can, and, 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 and again, when you it, when you're crossing waterfalls yes. or over rivers, tips. You've definitely got to be very, very careful and sure-footed. Um, slippery rocks. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it is a common call that we get where, where <laughs> people wipe out. Yes, um, and, you fall like, and you feel like a bit of an idiot. I mean, you, yeah. you're fine everywhere, but you fall on the slippery rock yeah. at, the, at the waterfall. And then do people, because one of the problems, of course, is cars and transport. Yeah. Because Constantia Neck, it's easy to get a red bus, for example. Yeah. Um, but at Kirstenbosch? So what I normally tell people and what I normally do myself okay. is we park at Kirstenbosch Gardens. Yes. And then I just ordinary Uber. Okay, so you Uber up to... to Uber up to Constantinec. Okay. I think it's about 40, 50 rand. Okay. You can share it between four people. So it really doesn't work out to be a lot. And then you can start from then. You don't have to worry about then going to pick the car up afterwards. But I was also thinking to somebody who might be listening now, this is a path that somebody who's foreign to Cape Town can do, and it's relatively safe. Yeah, it is and relatively so safe I'm and busy as well. That that same that same red bus goes to uh, Constantin Neck, and it will also go to Kirstenbosch. That's absolutely right. So yeah. you actually, that can actually could do a jump on, yeah, jump off. Yeah. Um, the only thing with that is that you've got to jump. You, you would then have the peninsula tour, so you would, you would basically jump onto the bus, jump off at yeah. Constantia Neck, and then catch another one at Kirstenbosch. Yeah, so you. But it's only going in one direction. It's not going to take you home. Okay, <laughs> so you'd be paying also quite a premium. Premium to, to go all the <laughs> so, way back to the waterfront so to be dropped off. Uber and <laughs> yeah, because of, for me the sadness is so often that the mountain is not open to everyone, and it's such a wonderful resource. Look, it, it is definitely open to everyone. And mm. I mean, there are hiking groups out there that are trying to get those that have lived in Cape Town all their lives and mm. have seen the mountains but never gone on them. But the minute, I mean, you, you know, you say it's reasonable to Uber. For some people, that's out of their reach. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. Um, um, and then, so, yeah, but, but there are other options. You, yeah. don't have to, you, you don't have to do that particular walk. I mean, between yes. Signal Hill and Cape Point, Sam Parks reckons there's over 900 different paths that you can choose from. So... Yeah. Somebody once said to me, how do you get to choose what walk you're going to do every Sunday? I'm like, there's 52 weeks in a year and I don't walk every single Sunday. I try to walk as many of them as possible. Um, But there are routes that I haven't done for four or five years, not because I don't want to do them, but because Mm. I'm busy doing all the others that I like to do. So so let's get back to the walk you're talking about as we're getting to the end of the hour. Mm. Uh, This is Constantia Neck. We're going to Kirstenbosch. Yeah. can people choose how they want to come down into Kirstenbosch? I mean, how would you, you recommend that? Yeah. Or, so if, or do you sort of rather circum... If you, you know, if the kids are, are sort of showing signs of, of fatigue and tiredness, when you get to the edge of Kirstenbosch, the, there is a path that splits mm. and it either goes on the contour all the way to Skeleton Gorge where you then go into Kirstenbosch from there or you can take the route down to where the reservoir is. Okay. And that will take you into Kirstenbosch Gardens. Obviously, my book doesn't describe that particular route, mm. but you'll you'll be able to see. Um, you just keep going down. Mm. <laughs> I've got an SMS from Terence that says, Hello, last um, wind, I'm assuming that's Wednesday, yeah. went to the Drakensberg for a wedding. Oh, uh, nice. The day before we, we hiked, we slept on a ledge. The wind came up at three in the morning and it blew their tents away. Very, very scary. Yeah, I'm sure that would be very scary. The, the um, problem the, with, the with ledges and stuff. And, of course, now Champagne Castle, it yeah. snows up quite quickly. Yeah. I remember being up there in the snow. Yeah. Um, 
I'm actually going away this weekend to Gnadendal. I'm leading a, a trail out there for two days. Okay. And I've been watching the weather like a hawk. Um, sort of every couple of hours I'm watching that weather mm. because it's... That um, Champagne Castle is beautiful, though, when it snows. Yeah, and I mean, it is, but if you're not prepared <laughs> for snow... And your tent's blown away. <laughs> it's a very different, it becomes a survival as opposed to a trip out in the okay. mountains. I suppose it's so different because for us, snow is such a novelty. It you is, know. Yeah. But as you say, it's, it's fine when it's a novelty, but you want to be safe. You want to be prepared first, for that, especially yeah. with the Drakensberg, because it can, snow can roll in. So I normally start watching weather a week before we set off. And this was the day before a wedding. Can you imagine the bedazzled oh, guests? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coming down. <laughs> yeah, the tents are gone. <laughs> yeah. So to try and put a happy yeah, face yes, on when you're yes. in, in really bad I'm weather. I'm wondering who went there. I'm hoping that the, the bridal party didn't. I, d- I doubt it. But, yeah. <laughs> I hope not, yeah. Okay. Um, so we've, we've spoken about this particular walk. Um, you, you mentioned the time. Yeah. Um, do you tell listeners about how easy it is? I mean, we've kind of mentioned it. Do you give more specific? Yeah, info I mean, on that? I, I would. This particular one, I would do if you've done basic walks, yeah. um, easy walks um, that are easier than this, so that you you are kind of a little bit prepared for it. Yeah. I mean, it is one of the longer walks in the book, um, and the whole idea of the book is that it's easy walks, that it's family, it's introducing people. Yeah. Onto the mountain. But of course, it is wet and, and muddy, so you need exactly. de- decent shoes. Decent shoes. Okay. And, and In summer, you would, you would get away with, with light um, techies. Yeah. Uh, but this uh, and the other, the other big thing is watch the time at the moment because yeah, we've just passed winter solstice. So the sun is still setting. Mm. I think it's just before six o'clock it's setting. Um, I was on the, the hills tonight um, mm. at Cecilia. And yeah, we we actually suddenly it, it's within five minutes you could feel it down the back of your neck straight away. I remember coming down from the pinnacle, and it was the light was dimming, and there was th- there were three guys that yeah. were running up. Yeah, <laughs> and the light was going, but the, I mean those are these sort of yeah. uber fit people that go up and down. But yeah. suddenly, bada boom, bada bang, the light's gone. Um, yeah, you know. So yeah, okay. Well, we've come to the end of the hour. Yeah. Do, is there anything you want to leave listeners with? Just, yeah, at the moment, just be careful out there, but enjoy it. The waterfalls are fantastic. The rivers are flowing beautifully. There are so many different routes that we can use at the moment that are not treacherous and dangerous. Stay on the lower slopes for the moment, especially this weekend because there is a lot of rain coming tomorrow. I think there's rain coming. Mm -hmm. Sunday, there's quite a big front coming in as well. Um, So prepare for it. Keep warm because as soon as you go into the shade, that temperature dives. And be prepared because anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. We'll be coming up till 10 o'clock. We're going to have local music after that. Right now, though, it's 10. Time for the news.